The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. First, we want to turn our attention to what is happening in the UAE at COP28. So we had a talk of a walkout from the European Union representatives led by one Eamon Ryan um, of the Green Party, our own Minister for Transport, yesterday. Uh, Caroline O'Doherty is with me now, the Environment Correspondent for the Irish Independent. Caroline, what is the latest today from the negotiations? Well, I thought you were playing uh, Stay Another Day there because that's kind of the theme song for what's <laughs> happening here at the moment. Everything has slowed down um, and certainly, you know, the, the early predictions by the COP presidency that they would be out of here by lunchtime uh, today, um, you know, well and truly hasn't come true. So what's happening is we're playing a waiting game. Around this time yesterday, the draft text of what should be the major part of the agreement that all parties, as in all countries, should sign before leaving COP, uh, it was land, landed on us. And it was uh, it's shockingly undelivered. Um, and the day has been spent and last night has been spent going through it, um, doing the post-mortem on it, uh, the countries feeding back into the presidency what their problems are with it. And the presidency overnight uh, was supposed to be sort of gathering those views, collating those views, and then presenting a revised text. Um, now, we were told maybe 6 p.m. our time, which would be would have been lunchtime Irish time, and then we were told uh, 10 p.m., which would be about an hour and a half from now. Uh, now we're hearing it could be about 1 a.m. in the morning before that arrives. That would be about 9 p.m. Irish time. Um, so it's kind of hard to know whether to read that as either they're still in real difficulty mm. and struggling to come up with a revised wording, or whether they've done such a radical rewrite of the completely roundly rejected uh, first draft that this might actually be, you know, a, a genuine workable document. Uh, so it, it, the sticking point, Caroline, we were led to understand yesterday was the language around phasing out and that, you know, uh, could rather than will was included, which would give wriggle room uh, to the petro states of this world, the UAE, the Saudis uh, uh, and others. It made it sound like phasing out was optional. Is that still the sticking point today? It is, absolutely, because it doesn't say phasing out. Um, you know, it, it talks about it talks about a number of um, measures and actions that parties could take um, to uh, bring about deep and, and sustained reductions in greenhouse gas emissions. So, um, first of all, they're kind of optional, um, and you could take them... Um, and the one particularly that relates to what sounds like the most obvious measure to ordinary people, which is just stop using fossil fuels. Um, what most countries have asked for was for there to be wording that said, we'll phase out fossil fuels from from now and over a particular period of time. It didn't mention phase out at all. It was a very watery phrasing that said um, you could do some uh, reduction in the consumption and production of fossil fuels. So without some sort of phase-out, without that term phase-out, um, or its exact equivalent being in the text, um, you know, as you say, mm. you would, would walk away from it. Now, it may not be as blunt as phase-out. It could be wrapped in, in sort of slightly quali- qualifications. Um, for example, um, you know, taking into account individual com- country circumstances and just transition, because it's very different sort of asking a country that has already is on the way to a lot of solar um, or wind 
and is still hanging on to maybe oil or gas for comfort. It's, it's one thing it's saying to them, you need to stop using that right now. It's another thing when you go to maybe India, uh, where you know huge numbers of the population, their only fuel is coal. Huge numbers of the population only have jobs in coal. Uh, so it's a completely different uh, situation there. So there may be some language around how the phase-out would happen, but pretty adamant that they want to phase-out in, in the text. Okay, so w- what time did you say again it is expected that we might see a text this evening? The latest we're told is 1am our time, so that would be 9pm Irish time. Okay, so 9pm Irish time. Listen, we might keep in touch, Caroline, and if there's any update before that, I will make sure to bring it to you here on the show with us as well as Oshin Cochran, his Chief Executive of Friends of the Earth uh, Ireland. Uh, Oshin, following all this uh, over the last number of days and this kind of latest spat, if we'll call it that, uh, over the last 24 hours or so, what is your sense of where this COP, COP28, is going and what it might achieve or might not? Well, I've never seen a draft text from the presidency of the COP, so the, the chair of the talks, be so roundly rejected as this one. It is, and I've been watching this process for 20 years, pretty much. So it's a little bit hard to know, because it really depends on what uh, Sultan al-Jaber does now. And I, I, you know, I say again that Mayor Robinson really did the world a service by, by, by kind of you know, forcing him to talk about this a few weeks ago and it came out last week and his position on fossil fuels has been ambiguous to say the least and, and, but, but obviously it can't be in the final text and the first text was so poor like I asked a colleague uh, on a scale of one to ten how would they rate it uh, colleague who's at the talks and, and they said minus two so uh, it, it really was a step backwards and it really depends now on, on what they put in front of uh, the parties, the states, the negotiators in the next in the coming hours, mm. and what the process is after that. So, you know, the response we were kind of, I suppose, pleased in a way with the response, not with the text, but like that that people like the EU and lots of other countries were so strong in saying this just is not good enough. We 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 need we need something you know, we need something that much more addresses the the elephant in the room, as we've been saying that the f- fossil fuels and it's you know we have succeeded in flushing out that debate for the first time. We're really focused yeah. on the actual cause. But my worry now is, and particularly when Caroline says it's going to come late at night in Dubai, is that the presidency does a new compromise text that gets everyone in the room exhausted and they try to push it through quickly without much discussion. And my worry is like it'll go from being a minus two to a four. And the EU will be able to claim, well, we made a big difference in the end. We got it. We got, the text is better, but it'll still be far short of what was needed. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. Is this deliberate? But they made the first text so bad that if they come up with a mediocre text now, maybe people will say, oh, thank God we can go home. So, whereas the line from the International Climate Movement of all stripes is that the people like the EU and those who say they favour real action and phasing out of fossil fuels mm have to hold the line now and not just take whatever comes as, as being slightly better than and, what and, and, and Oshin, in your mind, what is holding the line? Like, what, what is the language that you want to see? What are the commitments you want to see in an agreement that would constitute holding the line? So it has to be clear that we're going, that we're going towards a full phase out of fossil fuels over time and that it's funded, and I'll come back to Africa, I think Africa is, is, is central in this, and that it's fair. And so, I mean, Hakala I, I, I made some good points about you can't ask everyone to move at the same, at the same pace. Mm. So, for example, you know, Saudi Arabia has made its millions, the UAE has made its billions and trillions, 
uh, between them, they can phase out faster than some poor African, poorer African countries that either are using or maybe producing some uh, some fossil fuels. So there has to be both funding, which has been like promised but not delivered, yeah. and some understanding of the sequence of this will be different in different countries. But the problem, I mean, without getting too you know jargony, everyone, the top the problem between phase down and phase out is phase down doesn't tell you how fast you're going or where you're going in the end. So, you know, whether there's some fudging around phase out, as long as it's clear we're going, like the International Energy Agency says we have to get to 90 or 95% of fossil fuels gone from the energy system by 2050. The language yesterday and even the language of phase down doesn't recognize that. So it needs to be really clear how far we're going and how fast we're going. And then if that's the case, well, then let's look at how it talks about funding or sequencing. But it needs to be clear what the destination is and how urgent this is, not just a menu of options. Let's assume for a moment that, um, you know, again, we'll stick with your scale of success, one to ten, that, um, you know, we were down at one or minus one. Your fear is we'll only get to three or four. Let's assume ten is is kind of unrealistic overnight. We're not going to get to that. But... uh, you know, you, you, you get a result maybe a little better than you would hope for, kind of a six or seven. That's fairly kind of concrete language in it. Does it matter? Yes, yes, it does. I mean, it's a good, it's a good question because as we know, these are independent sovereign states. There's no enforcement agency. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, I, kind of when everyone goes home, I, I, is the kind of the ruler of the UAE going to turn around and say, God, I wish we could keep drilling for oil, but I've just promised all those lads in that next so, room that I won't do it anymore. It's not, it's not legally binding in that sense. But we do know it makes a difference because we can see that with the, with the result of Paris. So Paris didn't mention fossil fuels, but it mentioned, you know, did all the other things. And what have we seen since? We have seen a massive investment in renewables over that time. And, you know, solar and wind are now cheaper than, than, than gas in many places. And so we have seen real change as a result of, of what is put in these decisions because there's two things. One is it's a signal to the markets and that does, it does begin to shift investment. And it also is a signal to the media and it's a signal to citizens as to what to expect from their governments. So it's not an automatic like tra- transfer. It's not like a gear shift, like directly transmitted from, from, from the negotiating halls in the UAE to the petrol pump in, in, in you know, uh, uh, Mullingar or wherever it might be. But it does have an impact. Uh, it, it does well, trickle down or cascade down through the international system, through the countries, only though with active citizenship, with ongoing scrutiny from the media and, and from, mm. from, from citizens. But it, but, but, the, but it does also move the market. And that has been part of what's changed. And, you know, investment sector in technology has been part of what makes this possible. Like one, you know, there's really good progress in renewables, but what this, this, this COP is really spotlighted is that that's great. But if you don't also actually reduce fossil fuels, you still get, you know, climate chaos. Yeah. And now that's why the focus is on this question. Are we going to phase out fossil fuels and how fast and how fairly and how funded? Well, Caroline uh, told us a moment ago that the expectation is we will see an agreement or we will certainly see text of an agreement, possible agreement by about nine o'clock tonight Irish time. If it's any earlier than that, if there's any more information coming from COP28, we'll bring it to you here on the show. Oshin, thank you for your time. Oshin Cochlin, Chief Executive of Friends of the Earth, Ireland and Caroline O'Doherty, Environment Correspondent for the Irish Independent. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.